You're listening to Simple Words Radio, episode 77, and today it's just for men. That's right, ladies, this one isn't for you, but only the men in your life. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to Simple Roots Radio. I'm your host, Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. And today, we're finding joy, health, and happiness for all the men out there by helping to regulate your hormones. I know I give women a lot of credit over here, but I didn't want to leave you out on this one because hormonal imbalance in men is a real problem and one that often gets overlooked. I mean, hormonal imbalance in women is all the rage, and go ahead and admit you know you've even blamed a few arguments, moodiness, and lack of sex drive on hormones, but did you know you also have fluctuations? We're going to dive into this today from hormonal imbalance in men, what's the deal, andropause, and how to get more testosterone back in your life. Because after all, the hormonal imbalance consequences for men are just as severe as they are in women. We're even going to talk about fertility, sperm counts, and of course, what you can do to prevent or heal from it all. But before we get too involved in the show, I did have one quick question. Have you rated and reviewed the podcast yet? (laughs) I know, I say this every single episode. And I even got called a very pushy and salesy person, which if you know me, then you know I couldn't sell a heater to an Eskimo. But the reality is at the end of the day, I'm just passionate for helping you to heal, to find happiness and uncover joy, to really just see you live out your true potential using health as a means to get there rather than living for health. But back to those ratings and reviews. I say this every single podcast because it really is that important to podcasters. It is a catalyst to the show and helps other people find Simple Roots Radio. And I'm serious when I say it only takes two minutes out of your day to leave a rating and review. Just head on over to simplerootswellness.com slash review and leave an honest rating and review. It would mean the world to me and I read every single one. Again, you can leave a rating and review at simplerootswellness.com slash 077 or just backslash review. Okay, now back to the show. We're going to get started right away because this is a good one. So I want to welcome you to the show. If you're new around here, if your wife or significant other uh, persuaded you to listen to the show, thank you for tuning in. I really want to just clarify that I'm not here to beat around the bush, but to just give it to you straight and to get to the heart of the issue and provide practical steps to help you take action, making your life better. Today is no different as we talk about your or the man's hormonal flow, how to detect imbalances, and how to fix it. Women and men are very, very different. Sure, at some level, we're all human and have many of the same hormones rushing through our body, but in a different breath, we are incredibly different. Take this statistic, for instance. There are nearly 10 trillion cells in the human body, and every one of them, every single cell in our body, is sex-specific. New research coming out is even showing that the genetic difference between a man and a woman are 15 times greater than between two men and two women. I mean, research is just continuously coming out about how different men and women's bodies actually are. And one of these more significant differences is, of course, our levels of hormones like testosterone and estrogen, which we know that the dominant male hormone is testosterone and the dominant woman hormone is estrogen. And given the significant hormonal difference between men and women, we can also start to understand why we are so different from the way we think, how we do things, what we gravitate towards, how we lose weight, where we hold weight, where we grow hair, how we age, 
and so much more. I mean, these differences really are profound. The reality is hormonal imbalance is just as common in women as it is in men. Women just tend to be more vocal about it, especially on the large scale. However, we can't understand why because one of the greatest complaints with hormonal imbalance in men is kind of a private subject. Insert erectile dysfunction. But the scary truth is we're seeing lots and lots of problems with hormonal imbalance in men starting way back to puberty, with low testosterone becoming more common in men under 30 when testosterone should actually be at its peak. Even more frightening is fertility rates. Yes, low sperm counts, immobile sperm, or what they call sticky sperm, is on the rise. And when we look at infertility statistics, we find that nearly half of all cases of infertility today are caused by the male. And even more startling is that those sperm counts that we just talked about in men have dropped by over 50% in the last 40 years. By over 50%. I mean, these are startling statistics, right? Like, things are not looking up for the men, and so we just have to go back to the basics and figure out how can we fix this? Because I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you want to fix this. Like, you don't want to suffer from low testosterone ever, right? Um, let alone, let it be the reason that uh, there is so much infertility. And when we look at sperm counts decreasing, like this used to be just talk, right? Just thought. But now there's new data coming out and an international team of scientists analyzed data from nearly 43,000 men in dozens of industrial countries. And that is the study that came out that found that counts dropped by more than half over nearly four decades. So we really do need to take this very seriously because it's definitely not going to help our fertility if we continue on this trend and it's not going to help in any way um, with just the longevity of men. And if we want to continue with statistics, because I really do like a good statistic, is that rates of erectile dysfunction are increasing at alarming rates as well. But right, these all are going to go hand in hand. Decrease in sperm count, uh, immobile sperm, a lack of sex drive, erectile dysfunction. So um, they're finding that, you know, uh, which we're going to find out in a second here, that testosterone levels should really be at their peak between puberty and age 30. But they're finding now that men in their 20s are experiencing erectile dysfunction. In fact, they gave it a a statistic of about 20% of men in their 20s are experiencing it, 30% of men in their 30s, and 40% in their 40s. And it just continues to climb from there. And while it's naturally going to happen at the age of around 30, that's when men's testosterone levels naturally start declining and they will continue that way as we age. However, when we see these problems arising before 30, like when we think the longevity of that, it's not producing very good odds for a man. So really in all of these statistics and and scaring probably scaring you half to death we really want to know what in the world is happening So let's back way up and start with the beginning of hormones. So you know how they work before we get into what's really going on. So we're just going to talk about male hormone production here for a second. And really, any hormonal production for that matter, male or female, is going to be done by the endocrine system. This is an intricate system of different glands and organs that signal out hormones. And these hormones become our communication network of the body. Our hormonal flow involves the hypothalamus in the brain, the pituitary, the adrenal glands, which are nestled kind of in your kidneys, and in the case of men, the testicles, and women, the ovaries. 
So if we look specifically at men, we can see that the basic hormonal sequence starts with something called gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, and this is produced in the hypothalamus. Now, I'm not going to quiz you on any of these words, so just bear with me. I know this is going to sound really scientific for a while, but it's important to know because the production of testosterone is actually a pretty intricate process, and there's a lot of different things that could be happening triggering low testosterone or maybe a conversion of testosterone to estrogen. So bear with me for a second. So once we have the gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, again, produced in the hypothalamus, that level is then going to stimulate the pituitary gland to release follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. So this one hormone then stimulates the pituitary to release two separate hormones, which both of which have two different functions when it relates to testosterone. So both of these, the luteinizing hormone and the follicle-stimulating hormone, break into two totally different directions. The luteinizing hormone accesses the cells in the testicles to produce testosterone. That testosterone is then converted into dihydrotestosterone, which is a downstream metabolite of testosterone that's about 10 times more metabolically active than other forms of testosterone. And the other pathway, follicle-stimulating hormones, acts on the Sertoli cells and the testicles, which then produce sperm. Again, I know this is a lot of scientific jargon, but I think it's important to know how complex the system is and that testosterone has multiple functions and involves multiple other hormones to work correctly. In fact, if we look at the precursors of testosterone, we can see that production actually depends. So just production of all these precursor hormones depends on hormones like 17-hydroxy, progesterone, progenolone, and DHEA all of which can be depleted in the stress response and diverted into cortisol production in time of need. That's why when we look at tip one, we can see that too much stress causes the precursors for testosterone to be depleted and lead to lower levels of testosterone, which we're going to talk about later on. But before we get there, we also have to understand how hormonal regulation works in general in the body. It really becomes a negative feedback system. So basically, the pituitary system acts as a control center. Again, the pituitary system is where we take the initial hormone, the gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, and it breaks that into two hormones, which then produce two different types of testosterone. And so this negative feedback system acts on the pituitary system, which becomes our control center, and it determines what to do if a hormone like testosterone is high. If it's high, it reduces the precursors like the luteinizing hormone, Or if it's low, it then releases more. And that's basically how all hormones are controlled in the body. It really is an elaborate and delicate controlled and regulated system that we still don't know a ton about. But we do know that when levels are high, it decreases the precursors in our body. And if the levels of these hormones that our body needs are low, it increases them. And this system is just important to know because if you're going to look at hormone replacement therapy, It's going to act on this negative feedback system, either in a positive or a negative way. And most like to argue it's going to be in a negative way because this is such a tightly regulated and intricate negative feedback system. It's hard for the body to adjust to these constant influx of artificial hormones. But that's a topic for a different day. But now that we have the basics, we can start to see how this all works together. When we look further at testosterone, which is the primary hormone creating imbalances in men, we can see that there's a distinguished hormonal flow for a man as well. 
We talk about this with a woman having a 28-day cycle where a man runs more off a 24-hour cycle. However, as everything else, there's a debate that men too go through a more monthly flow, much of which is undetermined at this point. But regardless, the main hormonal flow for men tends to be more of a 24-hour cycle where women run off a 28-day cycle. Which is good news for you because you can tend to do the same things day in and day out and it works for you and why it doesn't for women. But the natural flow of hormones in testosterone is going to be at the highest in the morning and naturally decline as the day progresses. But testosterone levels really can range up and down four or five times in any given hour. Some believing that they even have seasonal patterns where men tend to have more testosterone or higher testosterone in the fall and less in the spring. But again, that's not well studied, but it is important to know that your testosterone is naturally going to be at its peak in the morning and it's going to decrease as the day goes on. However, it's also important to know that men have the power, you, I'm always speaking to women on here, so excuse me, you have the power to influence your own testosterone patterns. For instance, a man's testosterone can spike when they watch an action movie, when you look at someone you find sexually attractive, when you play video games, you, when you compete in athletics, when you exercise. It can even spike when you watch your favorite sports team compete. So it really does show that you have a great ability to influence your own testosterone and therefore shows the power of the mind. You also can obviously decrease your testosterone. Um, and this can happen when your favorite sports team loses, when you lose in, in, in a competition, maybe when you're doing more feminine things, right? We can, we can see a decrease in our testosterone just like we can see an increase. Now, what's interesting about a spike in a man's testosterone is that they found that it can make a man temporarily more impulsive and increase your desire to take risk. This obviously is why the media industry has picked up on this so much is because they know that if they can lure you in with an attractive character, think all those commercials playing during the Super Bowl, then you might be more willing to spend your money. You might be more willing to take a risk. Um, and that's why men are generally targeted with an attractive care female character um, whenever there's a need to buy something. But again, I'm just getting on my little soapbox here because I think it is so fascinating how much power we have to control our hormones and how much power our hormones have in the overall health of our body. So again, The big question is, why are men suffering so many hormonal imbalances, even suffering from andropause, which is the male form of menopause, as early as in their 30s? Like, in their 30s. It's startling, right? Well, there's a lot of potential reasons, and a few of them are like things like excess sugar, which we know that excess sugar can cause a depletion in testosterone in just 30 minutes after its consumption. So we know that there's a lot of power that sugar has on our body, and some believe it just has to do with the insulin resistance, um, with the other hormones that come into play to help take care of the sugar. Other things are obesity, which I'm going to give you the mechanism for why obesity and overweight, especially belly fat in men, is causing a great decline in testosterone in men. Um, EMF radiation, so that's things like cell phones, uh, laptops, computers, basically any Wi-Fi can be causing a decrease in testosterone. And this is especially being studied with low sperm count. When men put that, slide their phone in their front pocket and carry it around there all day, I mean, obviously those EMFs are having a huge impact um, on your genitalia and are causing a lot of other 
concerns, including where your testosterone is being produced. So could EMF radiation be causing some of these problems? Absolutely. Um, therefore, probably shouldn't be carrying your phone around in your front pocket, especially if you're um, wanting to conceive a child someday. Other things are toxins. We're going to talk a lot about toxins coming up in the next month here on Supports Radio, but excess toxins in your body today and excess toxins that you contracted even in utero, they're finding are having an impact on the ability to produce testosterone and just your testes health in general. Nutrient deficiencies is going to be huge. We're going to talk about some of those things that you can fix. Lack of sleep, which some consider to be the number one culprit in low testosterone levels is this lack of sleep, but falling close behind that is stress. And then again, just making sure your body has enough of what it needs to produce the precursors and hormones in your body. And these include healthy cholesterols, healthy fats, and proteins. Again, all of these can hamper a man's ability to produce the right amount of testosterone, which tends to have this negative cascade throughout their body, leading to an inability to fight stress, increased exhaustion, restlessness, irritability, anxiety, and of course, a decreased sex drive. So we're going to talk about at the end some easy and practical measures to fix it, but let's break down a few of these causes. Because if you're low in testosterone, then you may want to get tested and figure out why. Like, where is the starting point? What precursors are you missing? Do you have any nutrient deficiencies? Do you have food sensitivities? What things are happening that could be related? And then you'll have a better plan for treating it. But there's five things in particular that I want to talk about that could be causing low testosterone in the body and really where these could be stemming from. So one of the biggest problems we are seeing today in men's testosterone is that it's simply being converted to estrogen. And I don't want to say simply, but it's being converted to estrogen, which is an interesting fact to note is that testosterone can be converted into estrogen where estrogen can never convert back to testosterone. So once a man starts converting its testosterone into estrogen, it will never go back the opposite way and produce more testosterone. This is also leading to men having women-like features like man boobs and, and more belly fat and just more fat in general and lower muscle mass. That's what estrogen does. It creates those natural curves in a woman's body. And it's not something that we really want to see in a man's body because longevity-wise, while that's healthy in a female, it's definitely not healthy in a male. And so again, testosterone is being converted into estrogen, causing an increase in body fat stores. And this process of converting testosterone into estrogen only gets worse the more body fat the male has. So the more weight you gain, the more likely it is that your body's going to start converting that testosterone into estrogen and the process just continues to pick up and pick up and pick up, meaning you're going to gain more belly fat or you're going to have a harder time losing it. So once you start that process, because that excess fat is part of this conversion, it's going to be harder to stop. So again, one of the biggest culprits of this process of converting testosterone into estrogen is just excess body fat. Number two is an increased production of the sex hormone binding globulin, which leads to low levels of free testosterone. Now here's the thing. Um, Free testosterone is the usable form of testosterone in the body. And to explain why this is having an impact is that when a hormone is produced by the gland that produces them, They are attached to a carrier protein. That's because hormones are not water-soluble or soluble in the blood. They're fat-soluble, so they have to be carried by something. So in order to be transported through the body, they need to be attached to a protein carrier. 
In the case of our thyroid, that carrier is thyroid-binding globulin. But in the case of sex hormones, it's sex hormone-binding globulin. In order for that hormone to become biologically active and act on the tissue or the cell, it needs to be cleaved from that carrier protein. So basically, our body has to at some point dismantle the hormone from the protein in order to have free testosterone, which then can act in the body, increasing testosterone inside the body. Once it becomes cleaved from the protein, it's then referred to again as that free hormone. But if we have an increased amount of this sex hormone binding globulin, it prevents more free testosterone from flowing through the body, decreasing your overall testosterone counts. So while your testosterone is there, there's just too much of this other hormone preventing free testosterone from being utilized from the cell. So again, it's not necessarily a lack of production in testosterone. It can be a conversion to estrogen or too much of this other hormone that's binding it and your body isn't able to cleave it so you don't have enough free testosterone working in the body. And this can be caused by certain prescription drugs, too low of carbohydrates, not enough vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, and even too much alcohol. So we see this in a lot of those situations. Number three is lytic cell failure, or the cells that produce testosterone in the testes have failed or are not functioning properly. Some even like to think that they become insensitive to the luteinizing hormone, so our body just isn't able to produce the right amount of testosterone, which again, this leads to excess levels of that luteinizing hormone, which then signal the negative feedback system that signal to the body that we have plenty of testosterone, even though your body really isn't making it. So again, the sensitivity to these cells to, to make testosterone decreases, but yet that luteinizing hormone or that precursor is high, so your pituitary controlling that thinks, okay, there must be plenty of testosterone. We're going to decrease that, meaning then you really do have low testosterone being produced. This is usually caused by secondary inflammation, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, which secondary inflammation can be coming from diet, lifestyle, stress, lack of sleep. All these things are causing that sensitivity, just like we see in insulin sensitivity. Number four would be the upregulation of a certain enzyme. And this enzyme is specifically called 5-alpha reductase, which is an enzyme that takes testosterone in the body and converts it into another form, dihydrotestosterone, which is not as usable as the free testosterone in the body. So it's just converting this into a different substance, which your body doesn't really able to use like it could testosterone. So it's going to show a decrease or a decline in natural or free testosterone in the body. When we see this often with hair loss, um, so this is a common enzyme process that's happening with hair loss. Um, and we often relate this again to inflammation, um, stress, sleep, some medications and other things. So really all these have the same system, um, just a little bit more in depth into them, but knowing them helps you find the right treatment. And the last one that we're going to talk about here is chronic stress, which chronic stress in all cases, male or female, is going to decrease the ability for the pituitary to function. And once we put the stress on the pituitary gland, uh, of course, this is going to lead to decreased levels of the hormones like the luteinizing hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone, which then stimulate the cells to produce testosterone. So if we're hard on our pituitary gland, if we have too much stress in our body and our pituitary gland is overworked, it's tired, it's not functioning well, we're not producing these other precursors, then we're simply not going to produce the right amount of testosterone. 
So again, what causes all of these processes to happen, right? There's five different things and I don't even know if you wanted to know that or you just wanna know how to fix it, right? Like I want to know how to fix this. Well, here's a few things that you can do that are going to be extremely beneficial in evening out your testosterone levels, which is critical. So one is inflammation. Inflammation has been seen to to be a culprit in all five of these mechanisms. So what is inflammation? Again, it's just an immune response in the body signaled out from certain things, right? Could be injury, but it could be food sensitivities, toxins, other things where we just have an excess inflammation built up in the body. It's a protective mechanism of the body, but when we see chronic inflammation, it really causes a lot of harm. So specifically when we talk about um, testosterone production, we see these inflammatory cytokines altering the growth and differentiation of the Ludig cells, which are responsible for for producing that free testosterone. And then again, the inflammation reduces the resistance to the luteinizing hormone that's needed to produce more sperm or testosterone because the cells in the testes aren't getting these signals. So inflammation is really creating this fog in the body and it's not allowing the hormones to talk and communicate like they should be. And so your body just kind of gets thrown off and it just gets sluggish. Everything just runs a little bit slower. Um, And inflammation, again, can come from diet. Um, So one way to help your testosterone levels is to reduce the high inflammatory causing foods. So maybe cut back on things like wheat and dairy and, of course, sugar Um, and just a high-stress life, which stress leads to elevated cortisol levels, which, again, is going to disrupt blood sugar regulation. It's going to try and free up glucose stores, causing a, a spike in insulin. And a spike in insulin can then lead to insulin resistance, more inflammation, more body fat, especially belly fat. Um, We see this specifically with alcohol consumption or excess alcohol consumption, that beer belly, right? That is causing testosterone to be converted into estrogen. And we see all these processes. It's just this massive negative feedback loop. So that's another thing. So we have inflammation, reducing inflammation, reducing stress loads. We also know that calorie restriction in a male is a really, really, really damaging long-term. You know, most men probably aren't doing severe calorie restriction diets, although it's becoming more popular, but they're seeing this in extreme athletes, um, males who are running marathons and other things naturally just have lower testosterone and they feel like part of this is the high stress load that that's causing on the body, but also just the lack of providing enough enough nourishment for the body. Um, And so yes, even very, very fit individuals, extreme athletes can suffer from low testosterone and I think it's something to take seriously. So calorie restriction, you want to make sure that you're eating enough Asleep, this is a really common one for men to ignore, right? I see this in my own husband. Um, Sometimes I'm like, man, you're getting less than six hours of sleep. And they really found that six hours is a sweet spot for men. Not that you should just get six hours, but anything less than six hours and you're just simply not gonna produce the right amount of hormone precursors to actually then produce testosterone. So you're gonna naturally see a decline in testosterone. But sleep, some would say this is the number one cause of low testosterone in America today. And there's been tons of studies coming out. One specifically showed that daytime testosterone levels were decreased by 10 to 15% in young men who were otherwise healthy, who underwent a week, just a week, of sleep restriction to five hours per night. 
So in one week, in men under the age of 30, when testosterone was supposed to be at its highest, they found a decrease in testosterone levels by 10 to 15% during the daytime. I mean, like, that is huge. Now compare that to the common and normal 1% to 2% decrease in testosterone levels per year for normal aging, then you can see how that just compounds and compounds and builds and builds and builds. So sleep is going to be critical. You must be getting more than six hours of sleep. Um, I've done a few other podcasts on your sleep chronotype and how much sleep you actually need, um, but it, it could vary from six to nine hours of sleep, but really no male, no female should be getting less than six hours of solid good sleep a night. Just to continue on that, I just pulled up some of my notes and found one more study. Um, Sleep has been related to 90 to 95% of all andropause. Again, andropause cases, which again, andropause is a male form of menopause. Crazy startling. Yet again, it's one of the things that so many people suffer with and maybe can't fix. So make sure you get six hours of sleep a night, maybe more. Go back and listen to the episodes with Dr. Michael Bruce, which I'll link up in the show notes to find out your chronotype. Um, But if you're not sleeping well, some things that you can do is just turn off electronics, you know, a couple hours before bed, practice intermittent fasting, which is going to help your inflammatory levels as well. Um, So that's eating all of your food within a set window of time. Men do surprisingly well on less meals a day. So some men can get away with just two meals a day. Maybe you eat lunch and dinner, no snacking, that's it. Some men need a little bit more than that, but really reducing the window in which you eat your calorie consumption from eight to 10 hours a day can be so beneficial, not just in testosterone levels daily, but just getting sleep, which then is gonna help your body just upregulate and work so much better in general. So shutting things down, not working, setting boundaries on your work schedule, um, and really just making sure that you can sleep. If you need a little extra help, one supplement I always recommend to help people relax and sleep, especially in men, is magnesium glyconate. Again, I'll link that up in the show note, but magnesium is just a natural relaxant, so it can help your body to relax, get rid of some stress, and just really take that deep breath and help you to sleep well. Other things that could be helpful for your body to get rid of stress, again, I mentioned intermittent fasting. So I'm gonna break these down into five things you should be doing, ready? Because I feel like I'm getting a little confusing on this one. Five things you should be doing. An anti-inflammatory causing diet. So less dairy, less gluten, less sugar, more real foods, right? More eggs, more protein, more healthy fats. Number two is to get more sleep. So getting at least six hours of sleep a night, um, finding kind of your sleep window and really fostering sleep. Number three is intermittent fasting, eating all of your calories within an eight to 10 hour window or somewhere in there. Number four is that you can play around with some adaptogens, herbs, supplements, because at the end of the day, we're seeing nutrient deficiencies being a huge link to low testosterone, low, low sperm counts, erectile dysfunction, things that men really, really need. Um, in order to function well. And so just some adaptogens that could help. Green tea can be really beneficial. Maca powder can be helpful to increase the luteinizing production, which again then goes to the testes to stimulate testosterone growth. Chrysin, which is a herb that's been known to help inhibit the overconversion of testosterone to estrogen. I'll link this all in the show notes, but that can be beneficial. Zinc Um, Zinc is probably the most essential mineral next to magnesium that men need. And men that are really, really losing this, 
So zinc is one of the most crucial nutrients for testosterone and sperm production in the body. In fact, men lose an enormous amount of zinc um, when you ejaculate. And so you have to start consuming more of that. And in most cases, that means supplementing that. But zinc is essential for more than 80 enzyme reactions in the body. And it remains crucial for hormonal balance, cellular repair, the immune system function, and libido. And again, like I mentioned, magnesium and vitamin D are also two big ones. The fifth one that I'm going to talk about is just working out. So one of the best ways for men to maintain enough testosterone in the body is muscle mass, right? Muscle being metabolically active, not to mention just working out, doing physical labor outside, working on projects can increase men's testosterone by 50, 60, maybe even 70% in any given day. Men have on average 40 pounds more muscle than a woman. This is critical in testosterone production. So men need to be working out. Men do really well, not on just intense cardio, but HIT, right? High intensity resistance training. So just strength training is not going to do a lot. Just cardio by itself is not going to do a lot. But a combination of both is golden. You're just lifting, power lifting at the gym. Adding just a little bit of cardio into that can, can significantly increase your testosterone. Same goes if you're just straight cardio. Add some strength into that to really build some muscle. And that will help to build some testosterone. Now, I know that was a lot. I'm going to have all that in the show notes as well as five additional tips that you could be doing to increase your testosterone levels. This is a significant subject. I know it can be a little awkward. You might be laughing and thinking um, you're, you're just right back into middle school biology class. That's okay. It's all part of the human body and I know it can be awkward at times. But more than just sexual health, which is immensely important in overall health, Testosterone and sex hormones play a crucial role in immune system and bone health and our mentality and just health and prevention overall. And low sex hormones or an imbalance in men is not something to be taken lightly. So if you're thinking you just need a quick pick-me-up, more information, you can head on over to the show notes to find out how you can increase your testosterone in five additional ways. And if you think you are suffering from low testosterone, it's not uncommon anymore. If you have erectile dysfunction, if you have depression, low energy, a lack of drive, uh, low libido, all of these things can be a sign that you really are suffering from low testosterone, even poor sleep, restlessness, then I would advise you to seek a functional medicine doctor to test your hormone levels and pinpoint which of the five areas you're struggling with. Like where is your body missing, right? Where is that low testosterone coming from? Because it might be that your body's producing ample amounts of it. You're just converting it into the wrong things. Or it could mean that you're not producing enough of the right precursors. So Talk to a functional medicine doctor, get your hormones tested, try out some of the things that I advise you. Again, these are all simple, practical, easy things that you could be doing to increase your testosterone levels. It's gonna come back quick. So if you're suffering from low testosterone, you start taking the natural approach to this, you can see a spike in testosterone any given day. So if you do things today, you're gonna spike your testosterone today and it's just gonna compound over time. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you think you're really struggling, there are programs that I have online to help regulate your hormones. So if you want to learn more about any of those programs, you can head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 077. Again, more information is on the show notes, even ways to increase your testosterone naturally. 
I hope you love that podcast. I hope you found it insightful. Men, I'm so glad you're here for sticking around. Next week's all for women. And while I say for women only, it can be a great podcast for you to listen to if you're trying to understand more about women and more about what their body goes through because it's not a 24-hour cycle, put a 28-day cycle, which makes things a little bit more complex. And before we go, I always do a quick fact of the day because it's fun. It's a great way to get your mind thinking and maybe persuade you to do a little bit of your own research here. So since we're already on the topic of sex hormones, did you know that scientists have learned that life begins in a bright flash of light as sperm meets the egg? Yes, there is literally a bright flash of light as soon as the sperm hits the egg. And this is caused by a surge in calcium, which triggers the release of zinc. There's that zinc again, critical for reproduction. It triggers the release of zinc from the egg. And as the zinc shoots out, it binds to small molecules, which emit a fluorescence, which can be picked up by camera microscopes. You can actually see this if you Google search sperm meeting the egg in the fluorescent light. And over the last six years, this team of scientists have shown that zinc is the prime control and longevity of conception, allowing the embryo to develop. There's the power of zinc and just proper nutrients in general. Okay, that's my quick fact of the day. I know there's so much more I could talk about on this subject. If you have specific questions or other podcasts that men you would like to know about, please email me. I will never use your name if you have a question, but I love to have those. This summer, I'm starting a series on your most embarrassing health questions answered. So if you have anything, even if it's not embarrassing, that you'd like to know more about, maybe it's about helping erectile dysfunction, maybe it's more about productivity in men and how we can increase that and just other ways to increase testosterone levels, I would love to do more podcasts for you. So keep me posted, send me an email. My email is alexa at simplerootswellness.com or you can find it again at the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 077. Next week, like I said, it's all about the women. But before next week, there's a special episode coming out on Friday with my top five most asked questions that I'm answering. That's a short bonus, Friday 5 and 5, which usually ends up being 10-ish. But five most asked questions on Friday in 10 minutes next week is all about women. So I advise you to check out that episode as well. In the meantime, don't forget to leave a rating and review if you like the show. And I so thank you for being here, for tuning in, even if this is your first time. I hope you found it insightful and informational. And now you can go and make all those changes to help you live a better life. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on Friday.